0: We are going to go through a lot of scripture today, and so I want you to uh, have your Bibles ready and have a pen and a notepad, and we'll sit down and and kind of take a look at something that's very, very important in today's world. Uh, There are many people who are preaching the gospel, who are uh, representing Christ, who are inclusivist. What do I mean by that? There is this school of thought in some circles that because Jesus went to the cross and died and shed his blood for the salvation of mankind, that everybody's just automatically saved. Now, of course, if you are orthodox in theology, you know that we don't believe that's the case at all. And we're going to look today at what Jesus taught about the necessity of personal faith. What Jesus taught about the necessity of personal faith. It's not just enough the fact of the crucifixion. It's not enough to save you that Jesus died on the cross. You have to believe that. And you have to receive personally yourself his free gift of salvation that he offers to you. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus repeatedly rejected the claim of inclusivists that his sacrificial death provided uh, salvation for believers and unbelievers alike. Instead, Jesus always, Jesus always linked eternal life to personal belief. Let's look at John chapter 5 and verse 24. John chapter 5. <clears throat> verse 24 says truly truly I say to you he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life john chapter 6 verse 40 says this for this is the will of my father that everyone who beholds the son and believes in him will have eternal life and I myself will raise him up on the last day finally we come to John chapter 11 verses 25 and 26 where Jesus says Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me will live even if he dies and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die but I want to take a look at that word believe because in the original language it means more than just simply well yeah I believe Jesus exists and yeah I believe Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world the word believe in the Greek goes much deeper than that it actually includes concepts such as following imitating Casting aside all others. All of these meanings and so many more are included in the English word believe. uh, Translated from the Greek word that's used in these verses of scripture. So we can see that just the fact of Jesus' crucifixion alone does not save mankind. But those who believe, those who follow Christ. Those who forsake all other ways of salvation, those who embrace what Jesus did for them at the cross, they will be saved. Now, we could look at it this way. Let's just suppose that I took a million dollars down and I deposited that million dollars into your bank account. Now, that's a fact. Okay, I didn't. I don't have a million dollars, but we're pretending, okay? Let's just say I did. (laughs) Let's just say that it's a fact that I did that. That million dollars is in your bank account, but you don't believe it. And so you never write a check off that million dollars. It just sits there, sits there, sits there, sits there. You might be in poverty, just as man is in spiritual poverty today. You might have tremendous needs that are not being met, but all the time there is a million dollars that I have deposited in your bank account. Just like mankind today is facing tremendous, tremendous dilemmas as a result of their sin, and God has provided them a solution, a remedy if you will. He has provided salvation for them, but they don't believe. the word believe in the Greek also tells us that as a result of that belief my life changes so again it goes back to the concept it's more than just mental mentally acquiescing to the fact well yeah I believe in Jesus I believe you know I believe that Jesus died for the sins of the world the belief that we're talking about something we could call it faith Bible faith will change the way we live. It will change our hearts. This is the faith that saves. In the book of James, many people accuse James of contradicting Paul. He does not. Because James says, faith without works is dead. James says, can a faith without works, can that faith save? What What James is simply saying is that real faith, real faith that will get you born again, real faith that will save your soul, faith in what Jesus did at the cross, that faith will change the way you live. It'll change you on the inside. It'll change your heart. It will renew your mind so that you will begin to think, act, and live more like God. That's the kind of faith we're talking about. So when we talk about salvation, and we talk about Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world, He didn't automatically save everybody just because He died and shed His blood. He saves those who believe. When missionary John Paxton, who is a cousin of my direct family line, landed in the New Hebrides in the 1800s, he began to translate the New Testament for the residents of the New Hebrides. And he, he, he was perplexed at how to communicate the concept to them of believe. There was no wording uh, in their dialects for that concept, believe. So one day he was just leaning back in a chair, and he realized, hey, this simple act, leaning back in my chair, is a concept of believe. To place your entire weight on something. He, didn't, he wasn't sitting in an old, rickety, beat-up chair. He was sitting in a chair that was strong, it was sturdy, it would hold his weight. He had faith, he believed that if he sat in that chair, if he put his entire weight upon it, that he would be safe. And I want to tell you ladies and gentlemen today, we do not serve a Jesus Christ who is rickety and broken down. All of the other uh gods so called That the religions of the world embrace are broken, they're rickety, they're broken down, their founders of their religions are dead, but we serve a God who is strong, who is sturdy, who is stable, and Jesus Christ is alive. And so we can put all of our weight upon him. Hallelujah. And he will hold us up in the storms of our lives. He will hold us up. Uh, The gospel of Jesus Christ will do you when you're living. And it will do you when you're dying, friend. Praise God. To, To put our entire weight upon Jesus Christ is the only way to make it to heaven. And when we're doing that... When we're involved in just more than mental assent, when we're putting our entire weight upon the gospel, it changes the way we live. It changes the way we love. When Jesus spoke about the necessity of faith for salvation, it was not faith in anything, just any old thing. And it was not faith in faith. It was faith in Jesus. And I want to bear down on that for just a moment because there is a natural human faith that every one of us has. Just a natural human faith. Go back to the chair illustration. I know that when when I go home and I sit in my chair, I'm going to be okay. I know that when, you know, uh, I can walk on the floor and I'm not going to fall into some unseen crevasse somewhere, I'm I'm safe. But that's not the kind of faith we're talking about. And we're not talking about faith in religious formulas. We're not talking about doing step A, B, C, and then D is a guaranteed result. There are people who believe that, but that's not what Jesus taught. When we talk about Bible faith, we talk about believing. It boils down to simply one thing. We look to the person of Jesus Christ, to who he is and what he did, and we trust him. We believe in him. We faith him. Glory to God. That is Bible faith, and that's what will bring salvation. That's what will bring the Holy Spirit to work in your life. That's what will bring miracles to your life. That's the door, the entrance into the supernatural. If you try to go into the supernatural any other way except through Jesus Christ, you're opening yourself up for demon spirits. Everything about Christianity is about Jesus Christ. And so our faith, the, 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 the object of our faith is important. And I'm, I'm going to say these things and I... I I'm going to weigh it out as I go and try to say it in a way that you will understand what I'm talking about and not misunderstand, Brother Paxton, this morning. But my faith is not in how many times I can quote a scripture verse. Now, I believe in quoting scripture verses, and there's power in quoting scripture verses, believe it or not, because the Bible says the word of God contains power. But my faith is not in me doing that. My faith is not in how long or how short my prayers are. And I believe in carrying at the altar. And I believe in long seasons of prayer, absolutely. I also believe that God hears the short prayers. I believe that all prayer is good, but my faith. My confidence, my trust is not in that. My faith and my confidence is not in how much money that I give to the work of the Lord. And I love to give. I believe every true Christian loves to give. I believe that we are commanded in the word of God. To sow seed, hallelujah. And I love giving, and giving is right for the Christian to do. But I don't go to God and say, God, you owe me this because I gave this. My faith is not in my giving. I don't give to get. I give to give. Praise God. And I could go on and list a whole bunch of stuff. That sometimes we put our faith and our hope in but it's all wrong because the bottom line is Christianity is about Jesus Christ and so my faith must be in Him. and when you put your faith in him you will pray you will read the word you will quote the word you will give to the work of the Lord you will do good deeds Once that faith is placed and anchored and left and kept in Jesus Christ. And that's the only way way to be saved, friend. You're not going to be saved just because you are a good person. Good people don't go to heaven. Born again people go to heaven. Jesus said, eternal salvation only belongs to those who believe in him. And so we have to understand what Jesus meant by belief. Jesus was not saying that we need to believe in him the same way that we believe in a historical figure like Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. Many people erroneously equate belief with intellectual assent to certain facts. Jesus was the Son of God who died on a cross for the sins of the world, and Jesus rose from the dead on a third day. A person can believe in all of those facts and still not receive eternal life. In fact, as you read the New Testament, and I'm going to give you some verses you can write down, you will discover that some of the greatest professions about Jesus as the Messiah came from demons who recognized him as the Son of God. Read Matthew 8, 29. Read Luke 4, 41. Satan and his demons believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Satan and his demons believe that Jesus died for the sins of the world, and they believe that he rose again from the dead. In fact, they believe all the facts about Jesus, even more than we do sometimes, because they were eyewitnesses to those events. But no one in their right mind expects to see Satan and his demons in heaven because of their belief in the facts about Jesus. Jesus equated true and saving belief with trusting in him, clinging to him, and resting in his sacrificial death for salvation. How do I know that? Well, let's consider... Jesus' explanation of believing that he gave to a man named Nicodemus. Jesus described Nicodemus as a man of the Pharisees and a ruler of the Jews in John chapter 3, verse 1. The Pharisees were religious leaders of the Jews uh, during the time of the New Testament. They attempted to make the rigorous Mosaic law more bearable by adding supplement commandments in an effort to prevent people from breaking the principles of the law. In other words, we call them fence laws. The Pharisees were the experts at analyzing the law and saying, okay, uh, here's one law here. Now, in order for you uh, not to break that one law, do these five things, add these five more things to the law, and you won't break that one law. That was basically the Pharisees' job. It was their occupation. Nicodemus was a man <clears throat> of the Pharisees, many Christians have the wrong idea about Pharisees. They they kind of equate their uh, character with that of used car salesmen or some televangelists. But in truth, Pharisees were committed to showing their sincere love for God by trying to observe every part of the Mosaic Law. If any person was able to qualify. For heaven by sincere love for God and careful observance of the law it should have been Nicodemus right yet Jesus said to him in verse 7 of chapter 3 of the Gospel of John he said you must be born again even a leader of God's chosen nation still needed to place his faith in Jesus for eternal life to illustrate what saving faith is. Jesus used a story from the Old Testament, which a faithful Jew like Nicodemus would have been very familiar with. Let's read John chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. Here's what it says. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him, might have eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life this story that Jesus was alluding to is found in Numbers chapter 21 because of the Israelites rebellion God sent poisonous serpents and the people begged Moses to ask God to heal them who had been bitten God instructed Moses to make a branch image of a serpent and place it on a pole and tell the people that if anyone who's been bitten by a serpent would look up at the bronze image on the pole, they will be healed. Let's read Numbers chapter 21 and verse 9. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on the standard. And it came about that if a serpent bit any man when he looked to the bronze serpent he lived. This is an illustration, dear friend, for you and I today. An illustration you've probably heard if you've been in Christian circles for any length of time, no doubt you've heard somebody use the topic in a message or refer to the statement, look and live. Look and live. But there's something about that gaze of faith. As we said a few moments ago, a gaze of faith is more than just knowledge. A gaze of faith will change the heart. A gaze of faith will change the way we live. Not only do we look to Jesus and receive eternal life, but we enter into a sanctification process where we begin to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is God's plan for every single Christian. Now, God could have provided healing for every Israelite who was dying that day, but He did not. Instead, God's healing was restricted to those who demonstrated their faith in God's ability to deliver them from death by looking one time at the serpent on the pole. I want you to understand that. It's significant. That all of the illustrations Jesus could have used to explain how a person could be saved from everlasting, eternal death, he chose this one. And then in the best known verse of the Bible, Jesus applied that Old Testament story to the issue of our salvation. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him, look and live, shall not perish, but have eternal life so again with fear of being repetitive God could have saved all the Israelites you know with a blink of his eye or a snap of his finger he could have saved everyone who was snake bit that day but he required faith of them he required them to look and live and those who demonstrated that faith that obedience faith and obedience are very closely connected always in the scripture, as they obeyed and demonstrated that act of faith, they were healed. Just as you and I, today, God could have sent Jesus to die on the cross to just arbitrarily save everybody, but he did not. He requires a demonstration of an act of faith and obedience that we would look at the Son and live. Glory be to God. And that's your only way of salvation. That's your only hope of eternal life, is to receive Jesus Christ, and to put your faith in Him. And remember that the faith Jesus was talking about was a faith that includes relying upon, trusting, clinging to Him. And as we do that, there's a law of uh, nature, I guess you would say, that you become like those you hang out with. And so, if you're trusting in Jesus, if you're relying upon Jesus, if you're clinging to Jesus, you're going to become like Jesus. And that's called the evidence that you have been saved. Good works is an evidence that you have been saved. Right and holy living is an evidence that you have been saved. Forsaking sin is an evidence that you have been saved now none of those things save you look and live but once you look then you live and you live differently because you have a new power source for that life now hallelujah that power source is the holy spirit who acts and responds to your faith praise god jesus Is saying that eternal life isn't something people earn through good deeds or through keeping the law eternal life is given only to those who exercise faith in his ability to deliver them from the eternal consequences of sin for the Israelites it was a one-time glance the bronze serpent brought healing for us it's our belief in Jesus ability to forgive our sins that brings eternal life Pastor Charles Stanley illustrates this truth in this way. He says, imagine an apartment building is on fire and a woman is trapped on the ledge of the third floor. Firefighters are holding a net below her and urge her to jump. The woman leaps from the burning building and lands safely in the net. What saved the woman's life? Obviously, it was the net. No one would say that the woman saved her own life. Instead, the firefighters saw the woman's need, formulated a plan for her deliverance, and executed the plan. All the woman had to do was to have enough faith in the net to take the leap. Glory to God. It's important to note that it wasn't the woman's action of jumping that saved her. Her leap of faith simply bridged the gap between her need and the provision that was waiting for her below. The same is true of faith in Christ. No one is saved by his or her faith. Instead, Jesus taught us that our faith bridges the gap between our need for God's forgiveness and his provision for our need. And so only those who look to Christ for salvation shall live. And this is the urgent message that you and I today should share and clearly share with others. Jesus teaching that only those who exercise faith in him will be saved should forever settle the matter And it's a powerful Exercising of faith faith is that which bridged the gap between our need and God's provision and faith is Faith is the key that unlocks the door to the changed life the provision is already waiting for us eternal life is the first step into a changed life eternal life prepares us for heaven and continued faith allows the Holy Spirit to prepare us for holiness and this is the message that we must once again share with all who will listen And even sometimes, man, when they turn a deaf ear to you and don't act like they're listening, maybe they are. Keep being sensitive to the leading of the Lord. Keep being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and keep sharing the gospel. The the exclusivity of the gospel is a consistent theme throughout the entire New Testament. And Jesus demands personal faith. If a person is to be a Christian, if a person is to be saved, if a person is to make heaven their eternal home, then Jesus taught the necessity of personal faith. And I'm going to leave you today reading our first three scriptures once again. And as we read this, I want them to enter your spirit, not just your mind. I mean, I I know you got ears, and when we read these verses, they're going to go in your ears, but they need to get down into your heart, and you need to be able to share this with others. John 5, 24. Truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. John 6, 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son, glory to God, behold the Son today. Behold Jesus. Holy Spirit, open the spiritual eyes and hearts of my listeners right now to behold the Son. And believes in Him will have eternal life. And I myself, Jesus said, will raise Him up. On the last day. And finally, John 11, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Glory be to God. We are going to live forever and forever, some place. Heaven or hell and the choice comes down to what are you going to do with Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ and I'll say it again at the risk of sounding so repetitive but this is such a need in our culture today to just boldly declare that Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved all roads do not lead to heaven only one road leads to heaven and that is faith in Jesus Christ And my prayer for each of you today is that you will place your faith in what Jesus did for you at the cross. And you will invite him to come into your heart. And when he does, he will change your heart and change your life for the better. And he will fit you or make you meet or make you qualified for heaven. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. For this time with the radio audience today, Lord God, I pray that you will speak to so many of these people and you will cause them to come to the foot of the cross and to place their faith in Jesus Christ today, Lord God, to confess their sins and ask for forgiveness. And, Lord, we know that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And, Father, I just praise the name of Jesus Christ, who alone is worthy. And I pray in his name right now. And everybody would say amen and amen. Listen, y'all, if you made a decision for Jesus Christ during this message today, I would love for you to tell me about it. Write to me. Len Paxton, Post Office Box 5714, that's 5714, in Traverse City, Michigan, that's Traverse City, Michigan, 49696. Hey, I got some cool stuff that I'd like to send you. Uh, back by return mail absolutely free of charge to help you get started in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And until the next time that you and I can come together and gather around the Word of God and break the bread of life, this is Brother Paxton saying, go with God and he will go with you. Bless you now.